What's up, everybody? Derek here with The Break Podcast. It's been so long since I've done one of these, you probably hardly remember my voice and wondered if we were ever going to do another one of these again. It's been since the SHOT Show since we've done one of these podcasts. But I've been extremely busy with work, my real job, and hunting season. We just got out of turkey season, so been doing that. Just didn't have time for any of these podcasts. But turkey season is over. Still working quite a bit, but I'm taking some time off to start editing for the show, at least the finish editing, and uh, I'm in the office a little bit more than than usual right now, so I do have some time to jump in here and do a podcast. So I uh, got one done today. It was a good one, but first, let's talk about all of our partners and the companies that help us make this happen, Browning Trail Cameras the best there is as far as trail cameras go you got to check them out the Neistat foundation we got banks outdoors browning firearms hunting apparel browning ammunition we've got indian creek shooting systems the best choke tubes on the market and we just put them to good use during turkey season hha sports the number one adjustable single pin site for like 15, 20 years running. iScope Optics, Alps Outdoors, Bison Coolers, Browning Ammunition, which I just mentioned them a little bit earlier, but I want to give them another shout out. The TSS did amazing this turkey season. Killed a lot of gobblers. Love it. Vortex Optics, Hunter Specialties. We've got Mech Outdoors, a new partner. I haven't talked about them yet, but... Uh, we, they make uh, clay throwing machines, so looking forward to I just got one in, actually, and been practicing with it, shooting a little bit with it. I love it. Uh, you should check them out. Mech Outdoors, M-E-C Outdoors.com. Check them out because they've got some really cool equipment, and definitely you want to get one of these clay. If you've got a little bit of land and a spot to put one of these up, it's a lot of family fun. You need to get one of them. We've also got a new partner in Smokin' Brothers, Pellet Grills. They, uh, they're awesome. They are probably, in my opinion, the best pellet grill there is. Just the way they're built, their thermometer, how you can set it, um, really awesome. You got to check it out. You can do everything from, from cold smoking, as they call it. So I think that's uh, 180 degrees or, or less as far as the smoke goes or you can cook that at super high heat i think they said it'll get up to 600 degrees in there if you really customize your uh your thermostat and your programming to make it jump up there but uh awesome awesome pellet grills you can do it all with it from baking baking a cake on that thing i guess if you want to to grilling hamburgers smoking a pork shoulder whatever that's what i love to do more than anything is smoking Making some pulled pork, smoking a big old pork shoulder. We did it this weekend. Love it. And then we also have our local partners in Chris Willis RV in Dexter, Missouri. Ultimate Flooring and Paint. MK Supply in Benton, Missouri. So uh, got some awesome partners, and they bring you this programming, as well as the Break TV show. Mainly the Break TV show. This is just for fun. But I don't think I missed anyone. I believe that covers it. All right. So the podcast today, 
I had the turkey professor come in and we sat down and talked about our turkey season this year and it was a tough one. So you're going to hear all about it right now on The Break Podcast. Here we go. This is Derek Dernberger and you're listening to The Break Podcast. Joe, it was one of our tougher seasons, wasn't it? We'll, we'll call it a tough season, but uh, very, very rewarding in the aspect of uh, we still killed birds, uh, learned a ton, saw a lot of things that I never seen before, and I'm gonna have to log that in the old log book because uh, I mean some of the situations that that happened and uh, what the birds did, it just uh, pretty much blew my mind i'd never seen it before couldn't believe it till i saw it in person you know mm-hmm. but uh great season we killed some birds we definitely uh, had a lot of clo- close calls uh but uh yeah man it's it's another great season what are you gonna say i'm still fired up right now i'm gonna go kill them i'm gonna go kill them <laughs> right now uh i know i left a lot of good birds out there this year i didn't kill that was something that i Tried to. I've been trying to do year after year now is actually handpick what bird I want to kill. Okay, it obviously makes things a little more difficult. It's no more than what everybody does on their whitetail. You know, do I name my turkeys? Yes. Okay, I'm a little crazy, I know, but I do name what bird I want, and I give him a name, and I know where he lives, and I and I go after him. But you know, it is what it is. It's some years I'm not going to kill him. It, you know, the neighbor's going to get him. That happened on one of the birds, Bigfoot. I believe he is no more. Uh, but you're going to have that, you know. Uh, we still got T-Rex, though, and you've seen T-Rex. <laughs> yeah, he, he's kind of unbelievable. The beard on that bird is, is is crazy, and and he's the big dog. I mean, we've seen him run other big gobblers out of the field. I mean, he come hauling ass across the field and just run them out, you know. He's a... Uh, He's going to be a trophy when I get him, you know, next year for sure, you know. And then there's some birds and situations that happen where we didn't get to hunt birds that I, you know, had scouted. I obviously didn't get to hunt one of my farms that uh, I consider my number one. That's kind of every other three-year deal. Uh, had three kings. I was calling them the three kings, you know. If not the three kings, I was going to, the what do they call that old horse, the thing? Uh <laughs> I can't think of it you know the, not the wise man but i had a i had a whole name thing done and picked out for him because i thought we i mean there was three massive birds four to five year old birds hanging out together and patterned to a t i mean i was going out there morning after morning watching them do their thing and it was slam dunk and uh never hunted the property at all you know you're gonna have that it's just part of it yeah, but you, uh you knew they were old birds Based on that Browning trail camera footage of oh yeah the hooks on the those hooks guys. on them were unbelievable inch and a half to <laughs> over I'd say the one's probably over yeah. there's no doubt about it he's probably gonna get close to that inch and three quarter again you know that top dog yeah mm-hmm. it's it's uh they were beautiful birds and they acted mature they looked mature and when I seen the Brownings I had them set up and their crossings were you know they're walking through fence gap I mean just like the cattle were. It was kind of crazy, you know. You got to think outside the box, and really, the only way to see those birds and what is to watch them do what they do and where they go, because you're not necessarily going to set a camera 
you know, like on a deer crossing, they're not going to walk there. So you got to kind of watch the birds and see what their, their natural pattern is. You know, and it boils down to just as at my grandma's property, you know, on, on our home property. Who would think that those birds would cross that field not 200 yards from my grandma's backyard, you know? Mm -hmm. But that's where they go. That's their natural path that they've taken for years and years and years. You know, it's a cattle pasture. That's where they go. You know, it's their easiest route to get to where they want to go. But terrain is big. Uh, We had a cold spring i want to say with the you know with the weather we had but then it warmed up fast and the greenery just flourished you know your your hay fields your pastures they flourished because it was cool but it wasn't cold right i guess is what I'm like saying. last year last year it was freezing cold <clears throat> yeah yeah the first like, very very yeah i mean flurry in the opening morning when mm-hmm. we killed last year it's freaking snowing but uh yeah, it's just a crazy year. Like I said, I learned so much. You had a hell of a year. I mean, just laying them down. Well, it was. Well, you had a little help. Now, I ain't going to say uh, I wasn't there with you. I want to say I wasn't with you now. But, I mean, you had a great year. You know, you you, you filled some tags, let's just say. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yeah. It I'll was, just let you take it, over. I'll let you do your spiel. Well, before we get into our hunts, I mean, yes, it was my best year as far as killing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But it was still a tough. I mean, it was hard. It was harder this year. Oh, than, yeah. So let's let's talk about what the turkeys did this year, what they didn't do. I mean, they didn't work really at all. No, I think what happened is, like I said, with the colder weather that we had early, early on, leading into it, even during, you know, the youth portion, I was still having video of those birds, you know, of Bigfoot where I put the set my boy on, and and I mean, we had him. I had him flying into his roost. I had him coming down off his roost. I knew where he was. He was not moving. He wasn't with hens. It just wasn't happening. The hens weren't setting because it was just too cold for them. They weren't mm-hmm. going to lay an egg and it freeze. It's just right. common sense. So the birds were still in their, you know, kind of pre-rut phase. They were going back to their same places and coming out. Then in that next two weeks, everything changed. You know, they started to get with a few hens, started to break up a little bit, but they still weren't. The hens were together. Even that first week. Yes. They were starting to interact a little bit, but they weren't, you know, they weren't in their own little harems, I guess you would call them, where they weren't one bird with five hens here, one bird with six hens here. They just weren't in their pecking order yet. They were, the gobblers were still kind of hanging, which happens a lot that first week in our, in our season, but, uh. You know, then in that same sentence, will we come, we take Tom first week, and I got the king. You know, the king is in his spot. He's got his, what do we hit? I think he had six seven, ends, six, six or, or seven, seven ends. Yep. that first morning. Okay, he broke away. But that happened like the last couple days right before season, you mm-hmm. know. he His hens were there, so I thought he would be there, but he was living on the neighbors with his other uh, gobblers, you know. And, uh, boy, he broke away, and there he was. He was down there, and, man, was it a, was it a show. You know, I can't – I mean, that – those two days with Tom and that bird, you know, showing himself, and he's out there playing around, and, and we're, we're doing everything we can. There's no doubt about it. We were kind of pinned down on where we were at. We were kind of out in the open, but the bird, it was his area. There was no denying that. He was not going to leave that area. We knew if we put enough time in, we were going to kill him. 
But, yes, at that point, he was so hand up, if you'd call to him, those the lead hen was taking him the other way. So I didn't get Tom that bird. We killed him another one. But we knew what we needed to do. <laughs> yeah. There's no denying, and Tom even knew it. I mean, when I said, all right, Tom, you got your bird. I'm going to go kill him tomorrow. And he, and he knew <laughs> to expect a text that morning that he was going to die. Because uh, we uh, we decided to come up with a plan. I was like, D, we're going to go in there in the pitch black. <clears throat> and uh, no decoys, no calling, no nothing. We're going to go get in there where he's at and just let him work. And then we'll then we'll make a move once he you know if he doesn't pitch down to us, he's done because we we have the advantage. We had to set up where we can make a move, not when we were out in the open. We had to set up close to the creek where we could dip out and get down in the creek, make a move on him, and then let him work his way to us. Yeah, it worked to a charm. Bird never knew we were there. Yeah, uh, but done done. When Tom, yeah, when Tom was there, the birds just weren't working. <clears throat> I mean, we had to. We had to spot and stalk basically yep. to get Tom's bird. <clears throat> yep, yep. Um, we hunted that. We hunted the king for two days. Two days. Yep. Two, one one all day. One all day until one o'clock, where right. we have to quit in Missouri. Right. And then, uh, and then the next morning, we had him out in the field in front of us again. Yeah. We moved to a different spot in the field, and of course, he went the other yep. way and kept slipping Beauti- us. Beautiful footage. I mean, the bird comes from. You know, we seen him that morning. He goes away with the hens. They go in the other field. So we set up in the other field, you know. And then they work in from, what, 600 yards away. You Mm -hmm. see this bird fanned out, working his way with his boss hen, you know. And then she takes him across the creek that the day before, you know, he's hammering at 40 yards behind us and won't cross the creek. And then he walks right across the creek with her. You know, it's just crazy stuff that turkeys do. Why one day they won't cross the creek, then the next day they go right across it, mm-hmm. you know. But even that day, you know, so he crosses. All he would have do had to, every time I called to him, he faced me and fanned out, you know. He did. He, he wanted to come over there, but he had that live hen walking him away. Mm-hmm. So he was on her. It's no big deal. I slipped down the creek, get in the other field. And where are they at? They're right beside you guys, and you can't see them. I mean, he's literally in range, 50 yards across this creek ditch that they can't see across. And I'm watching him. I'm like, Derek, he's right there. Turn Tom and kill him. We don't see him. You know. So it's uh, it was a fun, fun three days of chasing that bird, and then to kill him. You know, 11 inch beard, beautiful bird. I mean, he was. 11 inch beard on him he was big bird and and uh wasn't spurred that big he his spurs were wore down but definitely mature bird the way he's acting it was just a fun fun hunt uh-huh but uh and of course so that was your first bird we got tom the day before mm-hmm. right we did a spot and stalk he ended up killing made about a 50 yard shot roughly yeah. Yeah, it it could have been a little closer than that, yeah, but it was a 50. it was a good good stalk. Tom was Tom was uh he he, he doesn't necessarily like the river hills of southeast Missouri. <laughs> let's just say, uh, but he gets his exercise when he comes here. Yeah, so now we've we've uh, we've hunted that area with Tom before. He's killed birds there before, obviously. Same and, way last year. Spot, yeah, you know, we yep. were just walking the edge of the field, and yeah, we were just that. one one ridge over essentially from where yep. he killed uh, the year before, 
it's just a good area for birds that's where they want to go it's where they want to feed and in midday mid morning so it's a good spot yep <laughs> so then you and i snuck in there you killed the king the next day another spot and stalk which we're not a necessarily i mean typically me and you go out and you're calling a bird in right um, it wasn't normal and i i had to pull those tricks out of my hat this year especially that first first week where they were just really you know because they went like i said in a three-day period the birds consistently went from being all the gobblers together all the hens together no interaction to oh man now it's full full-blown breeding and they're all separated and with their hands other than like your two-year-olds they were still running together but the big birds had hand up and they weren't talking right and you weren't gonna get them away from because they had plethora you know mm-hmm. they weren't <laughs> the whole 9 30 10 o'clock thing that they were still hand up they right. had plenty of breeding all day long it wasn't gonna change but the good thing about that is it made them consistent because they were with their hands all day long and they they went right back to the roost with their hands. So the next day they were going to be back in that same tree. Yep. You know. But we missed one now. We missed a bird here now. We got all this started yeah, in Missouri. Illinois. We forgot about Illinois. Yeah, we forgot here. about Illinois. I drew a tag in Illinois for their first season, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. was the week prior to Missouri's opening week. So the Monday prior to Missouri's Monday opener. So I go over there. You couldn't come with me first thing in the morning no i had to take the boy to school that morning yep <clears throat> wife had to go to go into the office so i couldn't yep. make it out there it was killing me you know it oh, was I killing know. me i know i was like this fuck you know <laughs> d's gonna get out there and get one before i get a chance to even put the boots on you know Sucker. so you i know. got out there and uh i had i set up i had i heard three different birds gobbling on the roost Two of them quit, and one of them just hammered all morning. So you called me about, was it about 8.30 or so? Uh, probably about 7.45, yeah, because okay, I yeah. was dropping him off at school. All right, so you called me about quarter to 8. Quarter to 8, yeah. And uh, this bird was on the ground and just hammering all morning. And I told you that if you were here, we would kill this bird because I can't carry the camera and try to make a move on this bird. I knew exactly where he is at. It was the same scenario as the previous year in Illinois. Big ravine. I, I cross that ravine and I come up on the on the steep edge of a of a big field and that's where he's at. Mm-hmm. And you'd pop over that field and he'd be right out there at within forty yards mm-hmm. and I'd have an easy shot. Same scenario as the previous year, but trying to make a move on them carrying everything <laughs> it's impossible lot, yeah, solo cam on a turkey stuff. hunt is is difficult when mm-hmm. you have to move oh yeah it's too so, much gear we try yeah. to, i mean too much gear already without a camera and then you know with the calls the decoys you know a chair to sit in uh-huh. whatever you know whatever you like to take and then you take about two or three cameras with you on top of that <laughs> and it's like oh my gosh you know so so you said well do you need me to be there? And I said, if you want to come, come on. And you said, I'll be there in an hour and a half or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it didn't take much convincing. I literally <laughs> dropped the boy off, flew home, changed my clothes, got in the truck, drove an hour and 15 minutes yep. down to Illinois. And I call you as I'm pulling in. 
Where are they at? What are they doing? So yeah, you know. let's let's go ahead and hear your perspective of the story, the hunt, and then well, I'll probably have to give you the truth. Well, you know, <laughs> I get this from D. You know, he's going, well, if you were here, we'd make a move and we'd kill him. And I was like, okay, well, so I walk up on him, and I'm crow calling as I walk through the timber, kind of letting him know where I'm at, and. Uh, nothing i don't i never did hear a gobble you know and you had told me when i called when i pulled up i called you and you said you know that he had stopped gobbling it wasn't they weren't doing anything and gotten quiet so kind of walked up there to where you had your setup and it looked good it looked real good where you were set up you know and in relation to what the birds had done last year so uh i don't know i just something said you know what let's just listen for a little bit so we listened Got all mystique out and let her rip, and uh, here they come. You know, as they started gobbling, the birds started working, and uh, I did a little, you know, a little hen fight thing going on, and and he lost it. He here he come, and uh, yeah, pretty much. I was there twenty minutes, and we killed. I think yeah, about twenty minutes. <laughs> you showed up at ten, and about ten twenty, <laughs> yeah, bird was dead. Yeah, about ten twenty, we were de- uh, taking pictures, and uh, it was breakfast time. So you know, I mean, that's how I like to be. I like, I like them short and sweet. You know, get it done. Let's go eat breakfast. You know, we didn't get to do that much this year, so I was glad at least I got it one time. It was more like a lunch, but I didn't start till later. So. But yeah, it was it was a quick hunt, but it was fun. I mean, to start the season off, that's what you want in your face. Here he come gobbling, gobbles the whole way in, and and he smoked him. Good bird too, really nice yeah. bird. So, yeah, that was that was a heck of a way to start the season. So, I mean, technically, I guess since you called, you can take credit for calling him in. Well, yeah, right? I mean. We didn't move. I mean, if he'd move, if he'd have came, we'd have killed him. I hear that's all I heard the whole way. I get there, hit my call, sit on my butt, and then we kill one 20 minutes later. I mean, it's like, hmm, okay, Derek. Uh, yeah. I was like, I, I, thanks for scaring him away. And then he heard something yeah. sweet, and so, here he come. <laughs> let's, let, let, let me give my version. All right, yeah, the, the uh, real version, right? Yeah, the real version here. So I'm set up. I've got that bird just hammering. And I know he's in that field. It sounded like he moved up on top of the of this field. And I knew you were coming. So I called. He's hammering where I think he's in the field. And he's going to see you. So I decided, well, I'm getting ahead of myself here. Getting a little bit ahead of myself. So I, I remember earlier I said I had three birds gobbling. One gobbled on the roost um, kind of in front of me, way to my right. That bird gobbled one time and shut up. I had one kind of behind me and to my right that gobbled a handful of times on the roost and then shut up. And the one in front of me to my left hammered. That's the one that hammered all all day, all morning. So that's the one I was focused on. So you were coming. That's the one that was out in the field. And I thought, well... Where he was at, the way you're going to come in, he may see you, and you're going to blow him out of there. So I'm going to get up, and I'm going to go meet you kind of where you park or close to it. So that way we could walk around, and we wouldn't blow this bird out. So I call. He's in the field. I said, you know what? I'm going to go. Grab my stuff, my camera, 
I grab my gun and my little blind thing, and I set it on the edge of the field. And then before I go get my decoys, I decide, let me just call one more time, make sure he's still out in that field. I call, and one of the birds behind me to my right just hammered about 60 yards from me. So he was coming in silent the whole time I was calling to this other bird. And I was like, oh, crap. I just sat down on the edge of the field, tried to put my blind out in front of me. I get in the camera going, and I'm messing with the camera, trying to get it focused on the distance that I think he may come out. And then I see a fan start going across the edge of the field, probably about 30 yards in front of me. And then I'm moving and that he just sees me. He pops his head up and he just, you know, walks across the field. A little he bit of a fast yeah. walk. He didn't he blow out there. He knew something was wrong. He knew something was yeah. wrong. So if I would have just stayed put, eh, that bird was dead. Maybe. That bird was dead. He'd probably have been playing on his phone <laughs> yeah. or something like that. Right. Wouldn't have seen it, uh-huh. you know. So, so that bird leaves. I start calling again. And then that bird is still hammering out in the field. Or actually, he moved back down into the woods. So I thought, well, I'm just going to stay put. Let I told you where to come in. Mm-hmm. You knew how to get to where I was at. I'm just going to stay here and let you come in. But then I actually moved my, uh, my setup on the other side of my decoys because I knew he'd be coming in that other end of the field the if, if he comes yeah. in. So then I just sit there and wait. And I was like, you know what? I'm not even going to call at this point. Because you got to be getting close. Mm-hmm. And then, so I just shut up and listened. That was the wise decision. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Had I continued calling, yeah. I'm sure yeah. I would have called him well, in. let's just say it probably ended better that I got there and then we <laughs> yeah. killed. Because if you'd have killed as I walked up to you, it may have got shot again. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, it so, was better. Because I just knew when I left the house, I'm like, I'm gonna pull up and he's gonna have a bird there laying dead he probably already has it dead he just wants to see if i really drive down here is what it is yeah so i just be quiet i was like i'm not even gonna call because he's got to be showing up here anytime and here you come and i was like he said well is he god was like no but i haven't called in the last 15 20 minutes waiting for you to get here and so so you sit down bring out the old mystique Mm-hmm. And he hammers instantly, and instantly. he's already he's already probably three fourths the distance to us from the last time I called. Eh, he could just sense I was there. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but I ended up killing. He come in to him and another hen come in to. Well, he come to forty yards. But so let's talk about that. It seemed like all the turkeys were decoy shy this year. Yes. So the hen, she walked right by us, mm-hmm. but she didn't come into the decoys. She mm-hmm. skirted around them, maybe yeah. 30, 40 yards around them. Yeah. And then he was coming straight into them, and he got to about 45 yards and just didn't like them. Yeah, he didn't like what they were doing. I, You know, and it wasn't windy that day or nothing. Mm-hmm. So I, I didn't, you know, I didn't know how to take that. And I didn't know if it was maybe the posture of the Jake, you know, or something that the you know, he had gotten his butt whooped by a couple of jakes or something, you know, that play, that does come into play a lot on certain farms where you have a lot of jakes and they group up and they really team up on them gobblers. Mm-hmm. They will be skittish to that Jake decoy, you know, 
and it's all about timing of the year and that's the same way with duck decoys and guys you know some days a spread will work some days you just need a few you just got to gamble what do you think the birds are doing you know what time of their their breeding session is it are they done you know to where hey a, a lone jake decoy is going to work because he's going to want to come in and beat up on him you know because he ain't got no hens anymore you know those are the kind of gambles you have to run and take but yeah the normal where you're the first part of the season you throw a spread out there and they'll just come in mm-hmm. it wasn't it really didn't. working no, no it did not work and and we changed from that we realized it and then and, and, you know cut it down to a lone hen or a lone hen with a jake and yeah you know you didn't need a couple hens out there just less was better this year right you know? so we got that bird killed mm-hmm. uh then we go into Missouri, got Tom killed. But again, let's talk about the king again. He didn't come into that that J, or the the decoy spread. No. So we put several out there. We put like four or five decoys out there because they were all still grouped up. Right. Um, we thought there would be a chance that those hands would be a little more comfortable if there was a lot of hands out there and, yep. and weren't calling aggressive to them. It was more just, hey, we're over here. You know, yeah. unless the lead hen got pissy, I wasn't going to get pissy with her. Right. Uh, so I was basically just trying to call the hens over to me. Mm-hmm. Be nice and calm, purring and putting at them. You know, yelp every once in a while, but not aggressive at them. Just try to get that hen to come over and bring the gobbler with them. Yeah. And it was kind of, you know, I look back at it, D, and I think that second day where we set up on the other side, I think we had a chance. I yeah. really do believe that those hens would have brought that gobbler over there once they fed that way. But what do we have? We got two super jakes come in that gobble their ass off, have no beards, full yeah. strutting, come over, knock, you know, come right by the decoys, go to the gobbler and run him off into the... Essentially, we thought he was running him off. Another thing that I'd never seen before, you know, he bumps... He, the the lead gobbler just doesn't want anything to do with these two jakes. He's like, I'm not dealing with your ass. And basically walks up in the timber and cuts and gobbles at the, the hens. And they instantly pitch up into the timber with him and he takes them the other way. Uh-huh. I'd never seen that That's much dominant, yeah. you know, the dominance of that bird. I had never seen that where he just had that control over those hens. Uh-huh. And then those jakes were like, now what the hell do we do? So, well, they come, they come over to ours and fuck around with our decoys all morning and i'm like get the fuck out of here so i can go make a move on this bird you know so i have to throw rocks and sticks at them trying to get them out of my decoys and i finally he's like screw it i'm just standing up and getting i walk out there with the fan and i'm like right there they ain't even left i'm like man this is the kind of bird i should have had my seven year old on yes. not a Bigfoot, big, you know, the big cheese, you know, the smart bird. But no, it was fun though because we did that, and then we, then that's when we made a move. And we ended up seeing, and seeing the king again, and you know, he just didn't come through. And and at that point, I knew, let's just get out of here. We got to get Tom killed. We're on a time frame. I was like, you know, we just got to go to a farm where it's midday. I know where they're at, and we're gonna go find one. And because it was getting windy, it was yeah. getting kind of a shit, you know, shitty day. So right off the bat, bam, yeah, five hundred yards yeah. away. I was like, well, there he is. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I know how to get to him. I and mean, it, it should be some cool footage because you guys was able to sneak up there to old Trump Tower, 
and and get a bird's eye view of us uh-huh. crossing the you know crossing the field in front of him and sneaking up through the tall grass and bam killing him. Yep. It's, it should be some cool stuff. Yeah, it was cool. So then you got the king killed. So then we're into what do we have next? Do we have Brent coming? Brent in? coming in. Brent coming in yep. from Browning Trail Cameras. And it was just terrible weather. God, rained he, the entire time. Yeah. He was only in for, what, two days? Two days. And it just rained cats and dogs. You know, thunderstorms, playing, wind, nasty. So we went to the honey hole. We went to my family farm. And, and you know, we saw birds every day. Yeah. But, man, was it long. Actually, no. So we're getting ahead of ourselves. Brent come in after. Brent come in after you and I hunted. And, oh, that's uh, right. You yeah. did kill your first one. So I killed okay. my first Missouri yeah. bird. So let's talk about that. So that was a case of, again, setting up on gobbling mm-hmm. and no birds working they just, again. They were with hens. I mean, it was no doubt they were with hens. And when they did commit, they weren't telling you. Right. you know. Uh, but we're sitting there. And we hear birds gobbling, and they're gobbling, and they're a long ways away. Yeah. But I know exactly where they're at, and I'm like, I know in my mind we can get there without them seeing us, hearing us, everything, because I know the terrain like the back of my hand. But it sounded like just one. Sounded like one. one Well, sounded like one, maybe two, I thought, at the most. But it didn't. It's what it sounded like was that there was a single bird. And then there was another another bird that came to him. Yes. Is what it kind of sounded like to me. Because that's why we first initially set up on the, would say, the south side of the farm. Because mm-hmm. I didn't want to get in too tight. I didn't want to screw it up. Because I knew with rain coming in, that was the farm we was going to have to hunt the next day. Right. So we decided to, or you decided, let's go make a move on this bird. Yep. I had enough. He kept gobbling. It's late in the day. What was it? It was 9.30 probably at that. 9 o'clock probably. Yeah. Say 9. And they were just losing their mind. I'm like, I, no, I can't. It's It's been too quiet this year. If they're talking that much, we're going to find them or, or right. get them to gobble when they get in close. So, we, so get, we, only, we only brought, we just left your, <laughs> we left your decoy set up. Just this lone hen. Lone so we hen. We went to the lone hen. Yeah. We just left it set up at the original. Original spot. Original setup. Mm-hmm. We grabbed the fan my fan decoy and we took off yeah and they never gobbled did they the whole time we tried to locate them we tried to do this they never gobbled again from the point when we stood up i don't think i heard another gobble Uh and that scared me because we got you know we had two fences to cross a creek and a lot of terrain between us and the birds but i knew there's no way they seen us didn't think they could hear us I mean, a little bit of noise in the timber they don't get nervous about, especially when I knew that they were in a field. You know, right. they were up on the pasture fields. You could tell. Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> but we got set up, called a little bit, thought we were in the right spot. Uh, kind of just wanting to hear them gobbling in, so yeah. I knew what move to make next. And nothing. nothing. And I was like, man, did we just bump a coyote to them or deer? Uh, you know, you just didn't know. So... You took the fan. I took the fan. You told me, just stay here. I'm going to take his fan, <clears throat> peek this, peek over this little hill. Yeah. And... I just wanted to check the farm, essentially. I'm like, I just don't believe that they're gone. I said, I, they probably just got together and got quiet. They're with hens. They're just feeding. And 
dude, I popped the hill up there by our bank's blind and I saw a head. I'm like, oh, they're there. They're there. So I snuck, I, you know, I kind of motioned to you. They were there uh, to kind of start to get ready. Uh, I looked back up and then one of them seen the fan, seen the, my fan that I was behind. And, uh, and I yelped at him. And when I yelped, another bird that I didn't see went full strut. And I was like, they're going to come. You know, I just knew the posture that he did when I cut. And the other ones that were looking at me didn't. But then you had a lone gobbler off to the side did. And I could tell the bird that I was looking at was another mature bird. Uh, I was like, we got to get set up. And knowing that, <clears throat> you know, we could have killed him right there probably but it's one of those situations when you're trying to spot a bird from you know you're looking at terrain features so i'm popping up over the basically the steepest point of that ridge to where he can't see me crawling up to it so i i knew if i stayed there them birds would probably be five yards when we killed them and it's (laughs) that's not a good situation chances are it's not going to work they're going to see you and they're going to go so we backed off, went down the ridge, uh, I don't know, about 75 yards probably, 70. <clears throat> went down the ridge and uh, set some, set a... You just set the... Set the fan. Set the fan decoy Set the out. fan with the, the gobbler face on on the front of it. Uh, set it out there on top of the ridge just to give them something to look at. And we waited. And we mm-hmm. waited. And I don't think they gobbled. They didn't they gobble. They didn't gobble. Single time. No, they never gobbled. But they, you know, with me calling up there and they seen it, and then we backed off, and I was still calling. So they, they essentially they thought that that gobbler that they seen, that fan, was taking them hens away. Yeah. And uh, sure enough, here pops a hen up over the hill. So essentially, looking at it, we made the absolute right decision because if for we just stayed season. for one, yeah, <laughs> we were rock. I mean, we started out rocking. Yeah. All right. But <clears throat> if we just stayed there, just right there, I'd have sat planted right there. That hen would have came up. And we would have never got a shot at the gobbler. You mm-hmm. know, she would have spooked uh, when she seen us and what never happened. So this way we backed off, actually had time to set up, you know, set our cameras up and get ready. And uh, she feeds in down the ridge and turns and goes into the timber. And then, bam, here they come. Here, yeah. So one popped up. Yeah. Head and head, head and head. And, so like, one popped up. And then you asked me, you see it? I was like, Yeah. I was like, oh, there's another. And you're like, there's another. The second one. I was like, yeah. I was like, oh, wait, there's three of them. <laughs> yeah. Then that was the, the heart. Yeah. yeah. Then the heart started racing. I'm like, oh, shit, this is going to be tough. Uh-huh. You know, three three birds in our face. The, the fan decoy is like 15 yards from yeah. us mm-hmm. on top of the ridge. And we're kind of actually set off. That's the only bad part about where we set up is the terrain. Yeah. Did not allow us to go any farther down the ridge because we'd skyline ourselves so we had to set up basically off the edge probably five foot in height so the fan was actually eye level with us yeah uh so when we're looking down the ridge at the gobblers they're actually above our heads yeah essentially coming down to the fan and it made for some chaos there's no doubt about it we had talked about what we were going to do if we had that situation with the one two three shoot but but we thought it was going to be two bird. We thought it was two. <clears throat> we thought it was two, so it wouldn't have been that difficult. But when you put another bird in the situation, and they're running around, crossing each other, and you're trying to, to 
you know, I ain't going to lie. My gun was on the strutter the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> and in fact, you made that clear. Yeah, I, I'm I on will the strutter. kill the strutter. strutter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but because I thought it was Bigfoot or uh, T-Rex for sure. I was like, this is T-Rex area. It's him. I'm killing the strutter. I, Derek's so like, I was off to the left yeah, of you. I said, okay, I'll shoot the one on the left. You're like, I'm on the strutter. Yeah, I'm on the strutter. You it's just like, well, what if the strutter's on the, on the left? No. Like, <laughs> <laughs> so we're trying to have this conversation as the birds are like 25 yards from us. I'm like, no, I'm shooting the strutter. You're like, well, I can't shoot the other ones. I'm like, oh, this is not good. You know. But they, they kept when – the either one of the two birds I was allowed to shoot, whenever they would break away and I would have a shot at one head, then the other head would be in line right. with your strutter and yeah. you couldn't shoot. It wasn't vice versa. They would break away from the strutter, the other two would be side by side. And this went on and something they didn't like something about the decoy. Maybe the, you know, they saw us and they started knew something wasn't yeah. up. I mean we're you know, you gotta think about it. we're two grown men with a camera sticking bipod up out of the ground we had no cover in front of us i mean yeah <laughs> they had to see our outlines yeah i mean silhouettes whatnot with two barrels to, you know and then two it, indian creeks staring at them <laughs> <laughs> they knew something was wrong <laughs> fixing to get so nasty they started walking to the edge of the woods and then it just got to you had zero shot I at that zero, point yeah. and you just told me just shoot one <clears throat> yeah i totally lost the angle they they got below the you know, they started to drop off the other side of the ridge, and I just had no shot. I yeah. mean, I couldn't shoot them. The camera looks good. Even the, the you know, footage I had on my uh, Tacticam was, was good. It was real good mm-hmm. footage, and uh, I just lost my angle down the barrel. I couldn't see them. Yep. And uh, I was like, don't let them get away. <laughs> I was like, one. shoot one of them. You know? So, so luckily, I, you didn't shoot the strutter. So yeah. He's still alive. He's still alive, yeah. And we didn't know. I didn't know which one I shot. I just no. shot the last one before it walked into the woods. Yeah. And, yeah, looking at the footage, it ended up not being the strutter. So your T-Rex right. is still out there. T-Rex still there. But T-Rex ended up, and we didn't know this until reviewing the footage, after I shot my bird, he ran out into the field and was standing there yeah. at 30 yards. Yeah. But we couldn't see it. It's just his head above the ridge. Yeah. You could see it on the camera because I actually had the camera pushed up and it was actually higher than my eye level yeah and uh yeah that's the sad part is he, he was right there he was right there <laughs> when i stood up to, to try to get an angle on him and to run up there he was actually still there we could have shot him and <clears throat> now knowing and we've had this conversation multiple times on how to do this because that's what you have to do. you have to play the situations out talk it over all right what could we done different to kill them both we should have just shot the strutter the other two birds would have been like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And then you could have picked one. Right. They probably wouldn't have flown away. Probably not. So Unless they get, unless those birds are so close together that they get peppered. If they get peppered by the pellet, they're going to fly. Yeah. But if you have one broke away from the other two, you're always best bet. Kill the one that's by itself, and the other two are going to still stay. They're, they yeah. might run a little bit, but they're going to look back and be like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. You know, it's... It, <laughs> We should have done that, but I mean, it went from zero to 110, you know, and, (laughs) you know, we're pissed off. The birds quit gobbling. We walked all this way. We're hot, sweaty, everything. Don't know where they're at. I pop over. Bam. They're They're right right there. there. Derek gets set up. Here they come. And I mean, because instantly when I. you come 
fast crawling back. <clears throat> oh, yeah, because when I showed him that there. fan the second time and I cut and he went full strut, I was like, they are going to be up here in no time. Yeah. I mean, they are coming because he was in that mood. They ain't going to just go full strut and just sit there and, yeah, I right. wonder if he's going to pop back over. No, when we walked down the ridge and started calling as we walked away, they're going to run up there. And, yep. and, and it worked, man. It's just – uh, looking at the footage, you know, it's like, oh, we should have shot then and there. You know? But it's all different on the camera because it's different angles. You know, yeah. it's different angles than what we see. You know, right. like one of the time on the tactic cam footage I had, I mean, the birds are like, it looks like they're five foot, five foot apart. But yeah. at that point, we had no shots. Right. You know, they were still up, you know, up the way. I'm actually looking through a bush, but the way my gun barrel was sitting on my knee, I could see it, but it just it's a long story yeah awesome hunt regardless it was an awesome hunt and even the bird you killed i thought that he was running with two two-year-olds obviously no. not those no. were big mature birds in themselves you know big spur big inch bearded. and a quarter at inch and a quarter spurs mm. 11 and a half inch beard oh man it wasn't heavy it wasn't a heavy bird but you know it's later in the year and they're running running themselves to death uh, yep but yeah, that that got me even more excited because I'm like, if T Rex is is running around three and four year old birds that are hanging with, you know, they're hanging with him, it's just amazing. I mean, that bird is gonna be a stomper. I mean, uh-huh. He's he's a good one. Yep. I hope he's still there. But oh, he's still there. I, I know he'll be there. But yeah. As long as he if he can make it to next season, <clears throat> he's gonna be a showstopper. There's no doubt about mm-hmm. it. So then the I guess the funny part, sad part, as we you know we kill this oh, yeah. bird, they load the story up. Story never ends. We head back to our original setup, and again walking up and down hills, crossing two fences. Now carrying a dead bird. Now carrying a dead bird and camera gear and, and camera this. gear. Yeah. I'm behind you. Yeah, and uh, we get up walking around a cedar, and we get up right around the corner, and you think to yourself. Wow, that decoy looks big. Yeah. And I think, and I about the time you said that, I said, gobbler. <laughs> yeah, because we're looking through the cedar tree. And, I mean, I'm walking up there slow because I'm expecting to maybe see. We did hear a gobble over there. And, and you know, that when you shut up, that's a whole technique. I mean, you shut up, that bird knows where you were at. Yeah. You know, he didn't gobble just to gobble. He heard you, knew where I was at, knew where that hen was, and he came and investigated. So I'm creeping up there, and I'm looking through the cedars, and it's hard to see, but I'm like, that doesn't look like my decoy, you know? And then <laughs> then I freeze, and about that time, you go gobbler, and I'm going, I know. <laughs> I know. Why do you think I froze, you know? And we're screwed. I mean, we're so screwed because we're like – totally visible other than being we you know we're looking through the cedar tree but he could see our legs walking yeah. underneath him yeah and uh as i grab the camera grab the camera <laughs> i'm like this ain't gonna work and then i pop around the corner and he takes off running and i can't hardly and i get mad i get mad and i shoot <laughs> but i shouldn't it's one of my bad habits but when yeah. they fly away and they're running away I just like to make sure that they remember. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So I like to hear them. I like to let them hear that boom, boom, boom. You know, so that's kind of what happened. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I missed. Well, I was it never was... going to hit it anyhow, but <laughs> right. yeah, I just decided to waste 15 bucks, you know. <laughs> but <laughs> so we scared that one out. And then at that point, it was time to go eat. I mean, yeah. I knew we were done. We're going to 
let's go to the truck, take pictures, enjoy yours, you know, celebrate yeah. yours. Cause we had Brent coming in the next day. We had a lot of stuff to get done. So, and Brent was, Brent hunt was just tough, uh, man, it was tough. tough. raining. <clears throat> what are you going to do? I mean, you come in, you know, and we kind of told him, Emmanuel, you're coming in two days and it's just hundred percent chance of rain. I mean, it's mm-hmm. thunderstorms and weather and wind. We're going to give it our best shot. And he was fine with that. He understands. He's a seasoned hunter himself. And, and, uh, but he was ready to see that. I know he was ready to see that textbook hunt. Yeah. I mean, everybody is. That's what you want. You don't want to deer hunt them. And that's what we essentially had, essentially to, end up had doing. to do until yeah. it, until we're sitting in that bank's blind and we saw a good gobbler. Yep. Up on, yep. well, right behind your grandma's feedlot. Yep. Yeah, she's uh, he's up there coming out of one of the pastures, going into another. There's a uh-huh. uh, just a <laughs> he's over there picking in the honeysuckle bush. You know, it, it was it was uh, and he stood there forever man. until until old T Rex <laughs> made his T- presence you know, yeah. and so run him off. He come out there and run his butt right out of that field, and I was like, it is twelve o'clock. We have to make a move, or mm-hmm. they're not going to come. Yeah, we got to try it, and we knew it was going to be a hail mary. We knew it was a hail mary, but when you got a client in, you got to give them the best chance to do it, you know. And I was okay with that. And I wanted mm-hmm. to kill him that bird, but it what what fooled us is instead of you know the direction that he ran that younger gobbler off was back where they came from, right. and I thought for sure that. T-Rex was either going to be standing in the field edge, still looking down into the little ditch where he ran that other gobbler, or they'd have just went back. Yep. Had I no idea, well, I mean, I knew there was a chance that they could be circling and coming around, but that other gobbler had sat there and listened to me call and, and fanned out and looked and had never committed. In a sense, we know why now, because there was another bird and that other bird probably wasn't hearing me or seeing me or whatever. I don't know. He was his running mate. Yeah. But essentially, we long story short, we crawl down, get along the fence row, we get up in there, and I'm creeping up over the hill with the fan, and they're to my right. They're right behind Grandma's house, coming through the through the ditch, kind of low area in the pasture, and we blew they, them out. We blew them out. I mean, yeah. there's they they came. The, the other two that T-Rex run off, he just kept running them. We didn't – I never would have thought that, but he went down the ditch, ran them up into the pasture. So the two that we bumped, we hadn't even got close to T-Rex yet. Yep. They were – they made, what, 200 yards uh-huh. in a matter of us covering 100, you know, yeah. walking fast to get down there. They had already went 200 yards. It was amazing because you're like, there they go. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. Wait, he's like, them were the gobblers. I'm like, oh, man. So then at that point, I'm like, well, he's back. At, he's got to be back out in that field. Well, he wasn't. When we popped the hill, he was to my right, standing there, not 60 yards from me. Yep. And uh, there's no chance. I mean, he was looking at my face, standing behind a fan. You know, I was totally facing the other direction, thinking he'd be over there. It was okay. I mean, we got to do a little spot and stalk there, got him, got his heart rate going, whatnot. And we had a game plan for the next day. It was going to be raining, so we brought a blind in, set up where them birds were wanting to go for later in the day, and we tried it. Uh-huh. But they just, man, it was tough. Yeah. Man, it was a tough hunt. But it is what it is. We'll it get is him one what next it is. year. Yeah. Yep. We'll get him one next year. So. 
All right, so then we get to, I guess, the last week of season, and we just decided that we're going to hunt ourselves because we we each need another bird. Yeah. Well, it was getting tough, and we knew we both had to kind of go back. And it was raining, and it was raining again. So it was just, you know what, we're going to sit in a blind. We can self-video or each, you know, ourselves sitting in a blind. Mm-hmm. I've got a gobbler behind the house, mm-hmm. and I thought he was just a two-year-old because last year there was a Jake running around the house. Um, I watched him all fall, beard get you know growing. His beard's growing. Saw him early in the spring. Had a good full beard, and I just knew he was the two-year-old. I wasn't that excited to go after him. You know, you want long spurs. You want to kill three-year-old mm-hmm, bird, or mm-hmm. you know, you're getting to that point like deer. So uh, I didn't hunt him. Didn't hunt him. My dad, there's a really good bearded hen, and I'm talking beard dragon, eleven-inch thick bearded hen my dad wants to kill her oh yeah oh so, that's uh, awesome I she put, is awesome <laughs> just got a brand new banks blind in put it up on the ridge we mowed this ridge up in the woods to make a strut zone mm-hmm. it works if nobody's ever done that it works doesn't oh, it? oh yeah it yeah. will definitely work especially so, if you're in a high pasture mm-hmm. it will work yeah so we mowed a ridge up in the woods and put a browning trail camera up there put it on video and I just let it go, and then I checked it maybe that second week of season. You know, Dad said he's been up there hunting, and, you know, he hasn't – he's just sitting there. He's deer right. hunting them. He's not really calling any, you know, at all. And we live close to the interstate, so it's hard to hear them unless you're really listening or if they're fairly fairly close. So uh, he said he hadn't heard any very much, and he sat just deer hunting them. So I went and checked that camera second week, and I see this bird, and he's got beard rot. So the majority of his beard is already rotting off. He's got a few strands. It's hanging down there 10 and a half inches or so. And he walks right by the camera, and I see those hooks. And I was like, ooh, that's not that two-year-old bird. <laughs> yeah. And I told that's my dad, funny, I was like, yeah. Dad, you need to go kill this gobbler. Mm-hmm. And he said, well, I've already killed a gobbler. I don't want to kill a gobbler. I want that hen. So I told him, I said, if you're not going to kill this gobbler, you know, you care if I go up or take the boys up and kill? He's like, no, go ahead. So I was going to take the boys that morning, and they didn't, what was it? Drew had a ball game. Sam had a buddy over, you know, so they're busy. I was like, well, I'm going to go in here and set myself. And I set up that morning, and you were hunting as well. You were hunting yeah. Bigfoot, right? I was hunting Bigfoot that morning because yep. it was raining, and I had a blind set up close to him. Yep. You were hunting Bigfoot. So you texted me at 6.30 in the morning as soon as it's cracking daylight. He's like, you asked me, are you hearing anything? I was like, oh, yeah. I got I got this gobbler on the mm-hmm. next ridge. And He's he said, on a string. Here <laughs> yeah, he comes. I, I yeah. think I told you. I said, yeah, he'll be dead in 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So I, I'm calling, and, uh, yeah, he's just answered. I bet he gobbled 50, 100 times that morning. Just <clears throat> crazy amount of gobbling. And he flew down and just kept hammering, and I could hear him getting closer and closer. And you text me again. It's like, how's it coming? I was like, he'll be dead in 15 minutes. Yeah. He's coming. It's <laughs> yeah. almost He's over. He's coming. Man. <laughs> yeah. And I was cheering for it, man. I was because, you know, it was a, it was raining uh-huh. where I was, but yeah. where you were, it wasn't. I had and a break I, in the rain. You yep. had a break in it, and it was, and it, it was go. I mean, it was just the right situation, right yep. time of the year there. 
He didn't have a hen with him, did he? He did not. No. Yeah. See, all that the was, hens are, are they setting. were they were setting. It was raining. They were hens were setting already, and he was lonely and horny. Yeah. And they was coming. And <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was working to my advantage too when this when the rain did break. You know, Bigfoot was there. And he was coming, and we got yeah. Somebody got in between me and him, and that's what it is. It's not my property. They you know. They got between yep. me and I don't think he's with us anymore. Right. You heard that so, shot. And... Yeah. He they shot about 50 yards behind me at the bird coming to me, but it's okay. I mean, it's, it's That's the way of, it is. Yeah. Part of hunting. It's part of it. But yeah, you texted me and <clears throat> cussing like somebody just shot Bigfoot. I know they shot Bigfoot. <laughs> and I was like, uh, I think I sent you a picture of the hooks. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, well, I guess you got him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, but yeah, he just worked you, in man. right behind me and. I mean, just come, he probably walked two feet from the bank's blind as he'd come in behind me, up the logging road, right into where we mowed. And yep. uh, I got him Textbook, on, man. Textbook, yeah. yeah. Got awesome. him on the iScope footage, so that was pretty cool. Oh, yeah. So I tagged out, and I've tied my record for the most birds I've killed in the years, three. Mm-hmm. And then we head to Indiana. Oh, yeah. And it, it, was, a, it was a fun trip. It's... It's hard because, you know, we're, we're going off a, what, two days of hunting last year, going to Indiana. Yep. And we learned a lot in those two days. I mean, going into Indiana, I knew where I wanted to be. And that's hard to say. Yeah. You lay claim to <laughs> that's that That's hard instantly. to say. Even though, even though last year <laughs> we got 2,500 acres to hunt. You, if you listen to this podcast, you probably heard us talking about this. We got 2,500 acres. And Joe let me and Craig have maybe 200 of it. Well, you know. Yeah. So I said this year, I was like, okay, that's bullshit last year. <laughs> this year, we're going to draw for spots. We're drawing for them. Mm-hmm. And, of course. We didn't. We didn't. <laughs> no. Joe says, uh, Stuart and I, we're going here. Yeah. You guys can go somewhere else. I'm yeah. like, <clears throat> All right, here yep, we go again. Here we go again. But you know, I said that before we even got there. <laughs> yeah. I had, I knew. Well, you said that. You said that before we got there, driving with Stuart, making your plan, and yeah. Craig and I are driving together, and we're thinking, Craig's like, "Yeah, maybe we'll go back to where I killed last year." No, 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 no. not that happening. Was... <laughs> no, he doesn't get to lay claim on that area because <laughs> I called a bird in for him to shoot. That doesn't mean he gets <laughs> yeah. to have control over it. I still do. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. No, that is the Johane Creek right there. That you, <laughs> right. If you know how to cross it, you can cross it. But, uh-huh. yeah. Now, we had fun playing a bird over there. I mean. So, that first morning, so that first morning, you and Stuart went there, and you had birds gobbling. Yeah. I mean, well, we went there that, 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 I mean, evening, it, that it was that evening. first evening. We got there, and 3 o'clock in the afternoon, hit the crow call, and one gobbled. Mm-hmm. And... I was like, well, <clears throat> at that point, we weren't really even going to hunt him. We're just trying to find a spot to cross this Indian Creek. Yep. I mean, it is so, it was running fast. They, they had had a lot of rain like we all have this spring. And <clears throat> it's normally fairly deep anyhow. And it was up. And I'm like, ooh, that's pretty sketchy. You know, so we're walking along like a half a mile stretch and just bobbing in and out into the creek through the thick brush, trying to find a spot where we might, it might be wide enough that it would thin the water out. 
and there just wasn't anywhere to go. Now me, I'm ready. I'm ready to jump across Creek. I don't care right now, you know, (laughs) but I was like, well, okay, Stu. I said, let's just go up here and we'll, we'll set up, you know, kind of where me and Craig set up that first morning on, on that bird, uh, and try to pull him across or see what happens. You know, it's early in the evening because you can hunt him all day. And, man, we set up, started calling, and he's just losing his mind, and here he come. Mm-hmm. He's just gobbling and gobbling and gobbling and getting close and getting close. But between us and the bird, you have the same situation with me and Craig. It was two barbed wire fences intertwined with thick brush, uh, you know, so thick brush on either side of this massive creek that they're going to have to fly across. I mean, they're, it would be way over their head. And they'd have to almost pitch <clears throat> up over the yeah, trees, they really. they have to pitch up over the trees and then dive back down into the mm-hmm. little field we were in. So probably not going to happen. I mean, there's birds over there. You could see where they were, you know, as we're walking around, you could see where they're scratching and knocking over cow patties. I mean, there's birds that go out there. Mm-hmm. you know through the day but at that late in the evening you know he's getting towards the evening where he's wanting to roost in that valley uh up in the timber there he was not going to fly across that creek yeah so we decided instead of getting really wet the first day in we got two days we're just going to make a plan and go in there in the morning so we left him it was early like mm-hmm. five i mean we literally weren't there very long and had pulled that bird like 200 yards to the creek bank edge and just let him go. Yeah. I'm like, let's just not even mess with him anymore. Let him go right back in there. He'll be in there in the morning. So Craig and I, we decided, well, we're just going to split up. And we're just going to go sit out in the woods and just listen and see where we're going to have a figure out where we're going to hunt in the morning. And we go out and didn't hear a single thing. You guys are in the birds hammering like crazy. You know, they're going berserk. Craig and I hear nothing. So you I don't guys know got why the plan. That is. You guys got the plan. <laughs> you got birds on you. You got a plan. Craig and I are like, I don't know what we're gonna do in the morning. <laughs> so you guys go well, so Craig and I, we decided we're gonna go hunt Copperhead. Because mm-hmm. there's, you know, Ty had said, our host, mm-hmm. Ty had said that uh, you know, there's birds there. So and it looks great. It looks great. This whole farm looks dynamite. Mm-hmm. I mean, you just think that there's a bird around every corner. Every single there, corner. And it's just not that way, I don't think. So, no. So, we decide, well, we're going to sit up in that bottom, the bottom of Copperhead in the creek bottom. It's a big, flat pasture. And driving by the road, the pasture looks like it's about ankle deep. Yeah. Until you get down in there and you realize it's waist deep. Yeah, waist deep. So, our first morning, <clears throat> didn't hear a single bird, and we're walking through waist deep thigh high to waist deep grass mm-hmm. and i told craig i was like this ain't gonna work we just wasted our entire morning yeah and uh so be it we didn't hear a bird and we go hiking out of there and we just walk i think we walked on craig had one of those wrist band how many steps and how far you walk mm-hmm. we walked like 4.2 miles that morning mm-hmm. looking for birds didn't see anything didn't hear anything However, you guys, we was in them. I mean, we made a plan. We was going to, you know, I'm in shower shoes, Crocs, and uh, shorts. And we cross this, we wade across this creek in the morning. And it's, it's waist deep. There's no line. I mean, it's sketchy. It's, it's really <laughs> sketchy. 
but uh you know not to mention first time i've ever crossed the creek there it's dark so we went individually across that way if the other one had jumped in the creek he could you know blah 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 we tried to take the safe measures we could got across there uh so we get out on the other side of the creek and mind you this is like half a mile from where we think the bird that we messed around with last night is going to be so we're not expecting a bird to be close so we get out get across the creek and we're standing there freezing and laughing and whatnot and all of a sudden a bird just hammers like 50 yards up on this bluff staring at us wondering what in the hell is that noise down there there's guys coming across the creek and laughing and everything so he's gobbling at us you know making noise and then we freak we're like well do you think he's seen us and i'm like yeah he's seen us we just <laughs> crossed a creek and now we're giggling like schoolgirls, you know here and something you know and, but we run across the creek or we so we run across this old pasture in shower shoes and, and shorts and they've got thousands of seeds and ticks and everything else all over me i'm like i'm ready to go back in the creek and wash off you know but we set up well the bird in that whole scenario that bird taught us something right then and there because he pitched down onto the neighbors up on this upper bluff and stayed there and stayed there and stayed there i'm like well there's an obvious reason why he's up there because this pasture that we're in is or this hay field is way too tall you know he's not going to strut down here he's not going to hang out here so we basically left him on like he's going the other way he's not going to come down here let's leave him go back down there where that other bird is so we went you know got changed put our pants and boots on and run down to the other end of the field there and and uh didn't hear nothing you know we crow called a little bit and we thought we heard a faint gobble and uh so we set up and uh started calling and phew, he just started gobbling and gobbling and gobbling and gobbling i mean we'd crow call we'd he'd gobble we'd call he'd gobble i'd gobble he'd gobble we'd fart he'd gobble i mean it was <clears throat> the bird loved to gobble but in that same sentence that bird was a very mature bird he sat there and would work a ridge he was he had the angle on us this is a steep bluff and he was on a little plateau in there about 15 yards wide and, and was just hanging out on that all morning he'd walk away goblin come back goblin just basically where we were pinned down could not move so we sat around there for a long time long story short and we finally did decide to make a move when he worked away from us we slipped out the back taking a chance it worked we got up in the timber above him above the plateau we found it i'm like this is slam dunk he's gonna come right to us well, as every wise bird does, he, I mean, he gobbled all the way coming in. He, he's letting you know he's coming, but he wants us to go to him, you know? So he'd come in close and then he'd shut up and then I'd have to shut up. And then, then I'd call and he'd gobble in the same place. And, uh, finally the bird, I got quiet. Finally, he started to work up the hill and got to well within range, but he's just over a hill and gobbled straight out in front of us about 25 yards and you know got the old heart pumping then and i knew i was like he's gonna circle and he's going by us so i turned didn't have time to move the cameras and all that but i turned and sure enough about 20 yards here he pops his head up and he's walking uh, i didn't have any footage of it 
I didn't want to be the one shooting it. I wanted Stuart to shoot it. I had a shot, but I just let him go. It's no big deal. I, I'm having fun, you know, because I thought for sure his ass is going to come back. You know, we're not going to leave this bird. So he walked off. <clears throat> we went back to where he was. We made a move and walked away from him. Thought we could pull him back down the hill. Uh, but no, that bird, he, he, he had another thing on his mind because he was going on up the hill and made a circle. So we followed him on up, made a circle. So, you know, it's getting 1130. And we've been working this bird for almost six hours. <laughs> and I'm getting hungry. <laughs> and Stuart's soaking wet. I'm soaking wet. We're ready to get be done for the morning, you know. But we we walked into him about 70 yards, got set up. He's still gobbling. We're calling to him, gobbling. He's not moving. I'm like, Stu, five minutes. We're going to fan his butt in. We're going to crawl. Just get close to him. Get Try just keep getting closer, keep getting closer. Well, we did. We got to within 25 yards of this bird in the wide open timber. And uh, all I had between us and him was a bush. Didn't have a good – I couldn't see him. Mm -hmm. essentially through the bush and i made one little move to try to get around him we got just you know close that other five yard distance and i could see him through the fan uh, that i had in front of me i was like there he is there he is you see him and and he just couldn't see him and mm -hmm. <clears throat> we didn't have very good footage of it either you know i could have killed the bird yes if i had had a gun but i couldn't have filmed it so it, it, you know that's how my end of my season went. It's like the last week and a half of my season was just phenomenal. I yeah. mean, the birds were working. I was getting in close. I was seeing them, but I just couldn't get them on film. I mean, mm -hmm. I, so I had, I think it was five mature birds I called in and had them in range. Hell, I had the safety off multiple times on them <laughs> and couldn't get my main camera on the bird so i just let him go and i'm but that's me you don't have right. to do that i mean right some people think you're crazy you know if you can get a bird in range, and a younger me would be saying the same thing if it's a bearded bird and you get it in range you better kill it right you better kill it fast but that's not the game i play anymore it's kind of like i was with deer hunting or fishing or anything you know it's just you get to that area or or enjoyment in what you're doing and, and just the the interaction with you and the birds and how you hunt them and, and the different tactics that you can use to try to kill them that's what's fun for me anymore mm -hmm. you know the killing part that's just a little bit of a gravy on top i guess right you know? but uh no it was a so we bumped him went back long story them birds so we made a move on them other birds and you come up and sat with us up on them other birds where they were roosting, try to do an evening hunt. We get up there way early, set up in a blind because it's going to rain. I just knew we were going to kill them birds. I was like, we're, all we got to do is wait till it gets dark, and they're going to come right here. Uh, we knew where they was roosting two days in a row. And uh, what do you do? I mean, you get there at 3 o'clock, they're gobbling. I was like, they're there. We played it soft, We you know, soft and slow. We wasn't going to – wasn't no need to call them in because we were where they wanted to go. Yeah. And they were going to come in, and we let them know that we were there, and we played it quiet, just kind of had fun in the blind, and they just got quiet. It didn't make no sense. Why are they not, got, you know, they were gobbling good ever so often, and then all of a sudden just nothing. Well, we found out when we left there was somebody that tried to sneak in, I guess, also got home from work and heard them gobbling. Mm -hmm. and a vehicle parked over there on the neighbors, and he slipped in there and bumped them. So 
you know, you you have that. That's turkey hunting. I mean, you know, either coyotes or or somebody walking around in the woods looking for mushrooms. I mean, it, you know, it could be anything. That's what's so tough about turkey hunting because you think, oh my gosh, I hear him gobbling. He's coming. It's a slam dunk, and then all of a sudden he gets quiet. What happened? You know, <laughs> right? Anything. You know, you never know. Bobcat, coyote. Those are your big ones. You know. If you bump a deer, a deer gets your wind and runs right to the to the turkeys. I've had that multiple times. I mean, it's just uh, part of hunting. Yeah, part of hunting, man. But no, great season. Then you, then you too. So yeah, so get lucky, lucky. Of course, lucky. it's always luck. Rabbit foot. Let me tell you, if Joe's not with me and I kill, it's pure luck. <laughs> yeah, well, you said it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, well, it was that first evening. We were just standing outside the cabin, and Stuart got his coyote howler out, mm-hmm. and we heard a bird hammer down way back in that far uh, little little food plot draw, that mm-hmm. draw that went up into the woods and food plot. So I heard one hammer, so we knew that was a possible. After that first morning, Craig and I come back, and I was just like, you know what, I'm just going to go put a blind, because it was supposed to rain that next day. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to go put a blind in, deep in that draw. Because at least I know there's a gobbler within a half mile of it. Yeah. And so that's what I did while you guys were still chasing that bird that first mid at midday. Right. First yeah. late morning, uh, noon. So, I yeah, I went back there, did that. We come back. and So that's what I did that next morning. Of course, we had a little fun at camp, you know. Well, yeah. Having a little whiskey. <laughs> Craig, <laughs> Craig might have had a little too much whiskey well, and you know. cold ones. So he slept in that morning. I go back to the to the blind by myself, just solo camming it, no big deal. And it's raining that morning off and on a little bit. And uh, right at, it was 6.45, I heard one single gobble back in the same area that Stuart struck that one the, mm-hmm. the first evening. Mm-hmm. One single gobble at 6.45. So I started calling about then and nothing and i'm just continuing to call every little bit and then i hear two birds hammering deep into the woods had to have been 600 yards from me mm-hmm. a long long way well so i start i continue to call continue to call half an hour goes by and they start working up the ridge behind me and they're probably a few hundred yards behind me so they closed half the distance and they're what they're doing is they're just walking back and forth on a ridge so they walk so they circle and they walk back to where they came from about, you know, they got probably, they walked half the distance that way. So now they're probably four or 500 yards from me. Mm-hmm. So I knew they were where they were at. I had an idea. I knew they couldn't see me. So I called Craig. I was like, Hey, are you awake? He's like, uh, yeah, I am now. <laughs> <laughs> I said, well, grab your gun and come out to the blind because there's two birds working. If you get here, we might be able to double. Yeah. So here he comes. He's grabbing his stuff. He's running across the field. You know, the the blind is probably what six seven hundred yards from the yep. cabin. Oh yeah. So he comes running across the field, and I just kind of quit calling because I didn't want to get closer while he's coming. And so he gets about to the blind, and I start calling, and they're already walking back towards us, and they're probably within three hundred yards of us again. So I'm waving him like, "Get in the blind!" Yeah, and he's like, "Get up here!" Yeah, and he's like, "I just heard one gobble." I was like, "No kidding, no kidding." <laughs> yeah, been talking to him for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. let me introduce I, you. <laughs> yeah. So 
like, yeah. I was like, yeah, I've been working him since for the last 45 minutes. Oh, boy. Craig is the luckiest individual out there, I will tell you that. So Craig climbs into the blind, and I start calling, and they're a few hundred yards behind us. And I just pushed the can, just put it on record because I thought they're coming. And they got to within a probably 40 yards or so behind us in the woods. We couldn't see them. And they're just hammering like crazy. And then they shut up. And then it sounded like they walked back into the woods because they couldn't see the decoys where we were at. Right. So they walked back into the woods. And then I got the gobble call out. And I started cutting. And then I'd hammer that gobble call. And then they instantly closed the distance again to about 40 yards. And then they're just inside the woods. So then I did the old hen fight. And I'm just, my mouth call, I got my slate, and I'm just going back and forth. And then they finally come right, Craig says, oh, there they are, there they are. And they're about 25 yards behind us. And right Craig there. can see him. I couldn't see him from my angle. And Craig's like, I can shoot him now. I was like, well, I can't even see him. Yeah. He's like, I'm not going to get you out of bed so you can kill one. I don't yeah. get a shot. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So uh. here they come. Then, then I saw him. Then they finally come, and they get within about 10 yards of the blind and they're walking out and Craig's wanting to shoot them there. I was like, dude, they're way too close. I was like, I don't even have them on camera yet. So then they, they ended up going to the Jake decoy and they're fighting them. And Craig and I were going to do the old one, two, three shoot, mm-hmm. but they're fighting the decoy. One's head's pecking the decoy. The other one's standing up. Craig's like, are right, you ready? I was like, no, my bird's not ready. <laughs> my bird's down. Mm, yeah. And then it was just back and forth. We're trying to do the one, two, three shoot. That's and this tough. went on Man. and on. And they're just circling the decoys. And the whole time, I'm on the left, and I told Craig, I was like, I'll shoot the one on the left. Either one. Doesn't matter. You shoot the one on the right. And he says, okay. Well, they're circling the decoys, and we had to switch. You can hear us saying switch in the footage like three or four different times. All right, switch. All right, switch. Yeah. <laughs> so then. Yeah, any, many, money mode yeah. going on. <laughs> so sketchy. then it got to, they finally st- Looked like, you know, one's head was up, the other one, and they were just kind of walking with each other. And I was like, all right, here it is. And I put my, I'm using a scope, so I put mine on, the one on the left, and then I just stayed on that bird. I just kept the crosshairs on that bird's head. Well, as they're moving, they kind of circled and they switched positions. And Craig was supposed to shoot on the one on the right. We did the one, two, three, shoot. And the one on the right dropped like a hammer. The one on the left took off. Yeah. And I was like, what happened? <laughs> so what happened was Craig shot the one on the right. So did I. Yeah. It started on yeah. the left, but then it moved. That one got, you see in the footage, you see both wads just boom, hammer, hammer, that, him. hammer that bird on the right. Yeah. The other bird jumps off and Craig shoots it. So we ended up. We ended up killing them both, but Craig got one and a half, and I got a half. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 1.5, 1.5. Yeah. But so, yeah. I'll give you the credit because you did all the work, but yeah. yeah. So then, Craig, yeah, gets to sleep in. I call him, say, come on out here. He sits down, and within 45 minutes from him sitting there, the birds are working the entire time. We got dead birds. Mm. He's tagged out. I'm tagged out in Indiana, and that's it. Crazy. Crazy, but that you know that's what's so fun about turkey hunting. You know, you got to get out there because it could be zero to hero. You know, in no time with them birds, and and uh, that's what keeps me going. That's why yeah. I go out there every spring and I chase them because so so fun when it actually works. Yep. You know. Yeah. But, so no, it was heck of a year, man. 
heck of a year. Yeah. Four birds for you. Four birds. Wow. That's my, the most. You know, a lot of the people we hunt with, like Rainey and Brent Feathers, I mean, they're killing a dozen a year or more, 15 a year, as many places as they go, but... Hey, we'll be there one day. In fact, next year, right? Well, maybe. You and I... Well, now the wife knows, I guess, yeah. Yes. Sorry, Aaron. (laughs) Nicole, I don't think I've told Nicole that either. Yeah, Nicole, he's taking me a lot of places next year. You and I are going to go for the Grand Slam (laughs) next year. We hope. We We hope. hope. We're going to try it. We'll start... And we don't have, you know, I've thought about it too. It's like, well, you know, with our work and whatnot, it's going to be hard to do it in one year. But we're doing it in one year. I'm not doing this career thing. Uh, I wasn't going to say career. I was going to be like a two-year No, 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 no. No, We're going gangbusters. We're going to, well, we got to find a spot in Florida. If anybody listening, you got a spot you want to bring me and the professor down to in Florida, let us know. But otherwise. We won't hurt too many. Right. Otherwise, we'll uh, we're gonna pick out an outfitter down there. Yeah, you almost and, have to. You almost have to. Yeah. I mean, it's a very limited area, from what I understand. Just you know, a handful of counties has the yeah. Osceola. Yeah, I don't think it's. I don't it's think not, it's a very big. Area. Yeah, the true Osceola apparently is not in the entire state of Florida, from what I understand. Yeah, but wherever it is, we're gonna go try to kill us an Osceola, and if we get that done. Then the chase is on. Yes. So we've got connections for a Rio. And, you know, we can go hunt with Jim down at Gravick in Texas. Uh, there's other opportunity for us. Eastern, we should be able to get that done. We, we I would should. hope. Yes. <laughs> yeah. We right should. here on our home turf, we yeah. should be able to get that done. Shouldn't be a problem. And then I met a, uh, a guy that's become a, a good buddy, Foster Bartholo. Up in South Dakota, we'll go chase those Marions. Yep. That's going to be a fun trip. I'm I'm ready to get out there and, and see other country that these birds live in. You know, I mean, I'm, yep. I'm used to the eastern and, and the terrain and, and what they, you know, creek bottoms and big steep ridges and whatnot. And then we're going to get out, you know, get out there in Dakotas where get it's out, probably yeah. a lot more open terrain. You know, in small patches of timber. So it's going to be, you know. In the mountain, you know, hunting mountains, basically. Yeah, Yeah, it's going to be a totally different style of hunting. Uh, But I'm Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm ready. That's where I'm at in my career with the turkeys. I'm ready to start venturing out, you know. And a lot of guys do that sooner. But, you know, I was having so much fun here at home. Right. Because I know the properties like the back of my hand. And I want to be able to not just kill them i want to be able to work them and and know what they're doing but Mm -hmm. it's going to be neat to go somewhere else it's a challenge it's always a challenge so so yeah hopefully uh we get it all worked out and we'll get us the grand slam so that's Mm -hmm. at least four birds so you'll break your record and hopefully i'll at least tie mine no taxidermy is gonna love that yeah oh man bill after bill uh-huh <laughs> we hope you know i had this whole thing i'm like well i'm just gonna take one fan feather. no you're not you're not gonna do it and i was like i was gonna well i was gonna you know put pictures up and just take the fan no, no that'll never happen we're gonna full body mount oh yeah our grand slam well, hey can, it's art it's it right? is art you know some people buy pictures some people do taxidermy yeah i mean it's we just do what taxidermy. it is yeah yeah just had to add on to the house, I guess. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. That should be a good time. I'm I'm certainly looking forward to that next well, year. It'll be, it'll be something to look forward to for sure. And we need to start planning now because it's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. 
Well, the Florida thing, yeah. yeah Joe and I worked this. We worked the same job for the railroad. Yeah, it's hard when you work the same job and you want to take off at the same time. Right. <laughs> Doesn't work real well. So yeah, we've got to. Uh, we got a lot of planning to do, but I'm definitely looking forward to it. Hopefully, we'll both get our grand slam next year. It'll be good. Yeah. Things to look forward to. Oh yeah. You know, it's it's that time. I mean, we're getting we're getting the old deer hunting's getting in my my blood already. You know, just that latter part of turkey season you start seeing all the bucks with the velvet putting on you know mm-hmm. and you're 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 there turkey hunting but then as a deer walk through the field you're already looking at them with this you know with your binos the old vortex you're out there looking at them like oh yeah he's yeah. got potential you're you know right. this one looked good uh, you know you and already logging yeah coming out <laughs> yeah i got some good bases and starting to split already you know you're already thinking it so uh-huh. yeah it's about food plot time once i get my other crops in uh then it'll be time to start playing and getting ready for deer season yep so deer yep. season and mountain climbing about that's that right time. yeah you got a bear hunt coming up yeah that's here in a couple of weeks uh, and got a pretty pretty full plate this year um uh, bear hunting in wyoming gonna go to africa do our safari and uh come back from that and roll right into colorado Mm-hmm. Uh, do some elk hunting in Colorado. Then I'll do the Neestead Foundation mule deer hunt with the vets uh, up and back in Wyoming uh, in October. And then it'll, it'll slow down somewhere around November. You know, when I come home deer hunt, it'll probably slow down a little bit. Yeah, I'm sure it will. No. <laughs> no. I, I don't quite know how I'm going to pull it off yet, but, you know, you got to swing for the fence. That's right. And that's yeah. what I'm doing this year. I'm going to swing for the fence. And it, it's not something that I can do every year. But it's just kind of how it happened, and you just got to go roll with the punch. You know, uh-huh. that's what we're going to do. The Africa trip been planned for quite a few years now, so that's something that's been set in stone and and been planned, and then everything else just kind of comes about. And it's mm-hmm. like, well, I can't pass up this opportunity, and <laughs> yeah. well, I really need to do this. But, uh, hey, God bless my wife and family. They they help out a bunch and, and allow me to do some of this stuff. And they're going to come along on some of the trips this year. So I'm excited. And my boy's getting a little older to where he can start doing them with me. And yep. uh, then it will begin because then the real <laughs> yeah. fun stuff's going to start. When he can go with me, uh-huh. we are going to go some places and have some fun. Yep. So, Well, it's all good, man. I'm looking forward to it. We've been rolling at this for quite a while now. Yeah, I didn't know I, I could talk twenty this minutes. Much. I know, man. You kidding me? No, wow. I know. I know man, you're. I haven't hungry. having a drink. Hey, man, I drink an hour and twenty minutes. <laughs> yeah. Jeez, I know you're getting hungry. We're I gonna, am getting hungry. We're gonna eat some lunch. Yeah, he said the only way I'm coming to do this, we can go eat some lunch right after. Yeah, well, you got to feed me. Yeah, feed so me. that's what we're gonna do. So I appreciate y'all listening. It's been our first podcast in a long time, but uh, we're getting back at them. And uh, this was a good one. Oh, yeah. The a good one. Professor, I man, appreciate you coming in, this, man. I love it, dude. I love it. I love explaining and talking about it because if not people learning from what we talk about, you know, I learn so much from other people telling me their stories. Yeah. You know, I'm just a storyteller myself, and, and you are too. But, you know, when, when other people talk to you and, and they tell you their story on how the birds worked and what they did and where they were, you know, I log all that into my mind because – birds do crazy things and it, this year was one of the main first for a lot mm-hmm. for me on what these birds did and how they acted i mean it blew my mind some days you know a lot of firsts this year and yep. 
it may be all different next year, but that's what's fun about it. So, yep. yeah, man, thanks for having me in. Uh, hopefully, we'll do some more of these podcasts leading up into deer season. Cause oh, we will. It's going to be crazy this year, man. We're going <laughs> to we're gonna try to team. I would like to team up and, and do some hunting, you know, deer hunting this year instead of – because it's – it's a team effort and we're, I think we're learning that as, as the video and gets more strict and, and how it needs to be good footage and we need to do more, do more, do more. It's so hard self filming. Yep. I mean, you just almost can't do it. Mm-hmm. So you got to have a good hunting buddy. We've built a bond and, and, it, and it's working. So, yep. Yep. All right. We're going to sign off and just most importantly, I need to let everybody know that, uh, the chief is the Turkey champion. For yeah. 2019. Thank well, you, Joe, for trying to keep up this year. I guess I had six kills on camera, and you had seven, I guess it was. Way more than that. Well, I don't think so. <laughs> Nevertheless, yeah, I win. You win this year. I win. Even though most of your birds get killed on my properties, but <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> I mean, I'll still let you win. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. All right, we're signing off here. Thank you, Joe. Hey, thanks. This is Derek Dernberger, and you're listening to The Break Podcast.